Hey everyone, welcome back to Life People in the Pursuit of Art. Today, 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 well this evening rather, I have a filmmaker friend of mine, Arsenio Hall, I mean, just kidding, Murphy here, um, to talk about film. So, Arsenio, thank you for coming out. Thanks for having me, David. So, I'm just going to open this up quickly and just give you the floor, um, because I want to learn a little bit more about who Arsenio is. I know we worked on set maybe once, and we've gone to the workshop a couple times and met each other there, but, you know, who is Arsenio? Man, you're starting off with these powerful questions. All right. <laughs> and the famous question is always, who is fill in the blank? Arsenio. Um, interesting fact, I was born in Jamaica. Don't sound anything Caribbean no, at all. Are you sure? Or, and this is where I would typically I point birth to my right, you know, my birth certificate. I point them to my, you know, my parents. Like, listen to them speak, and they're like, "Oh, you are Jamaican." <laughs> so, uh, born in Jamaica, but I only lived there for about six years. Um, moved to Florida um, when I was like seven or however old you are in second grade. Um, from there, moved to Georgia when I was going into tenth grade, and I've been here ever since. Um, I'm definitely a creative at heart. I've okay. always, I've always been into the arts, started off with doing, well, first it was when I growing up, I always had an overactive imagination. So everywhere I went, everything was alive. It was kind of like seeing toy shoulders everywhere. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah. Like I'm, you know, in the car, in the back seat, mm -hmm. and we're driving, I'm looking into the, into the, the bushes and, and the trees. And I'm in my head, there's just like a whole economy that lives in there. Right. And, you know, uh, there is uh, like GI Joes who are having <clears throat> Mortal Kombat, <laughs> you know, against the tree people. Okay. Like it was just always things were just always moving mm -hmm. in my head. And that carried over into doing spoken word, um, writing poetry and then, you know, nice. performing and then wanting to dance, even though oh. as a Jamaican, I had no rhythm. Okay, that makes, I'm not Jamaican, <laughs> but that makes two of us. <laughs> I had no rhythm for a long time. Um, but that didn't stop me from having fun. Mm -hmm. And uh, from there I fell in love with story. Um, I love hearing stories and I, I fell in love with watching movies and seeing, you know, seeing the story in these movies. And, um, that's what started this process of me being interested in, um, and wanting to create things, wanting mm -hmm. to create my own stories. And also I, I noticed how stories had such an impact on people. Mm -hmm. Whether it was to remember things or to teach lessons or to um, to inspire, you know, action. Right. And so that was my thing was like, I want to be able to create things that can uplift people, but also, you know, um, use my talents and gifts for to promote good causes or causes Absolutely. that I believe in. Yeah. That's, all, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Um, tell me a bit about your Jamaican culture and how that is practiced with yourself today or practice with you today. So on, I'll be honest, man. Um, even though I was born there, you know, moving here when I was young, I haven't been back there in 10, 12, 12 oh, wow. years. So it's, okay. it's been a very long time when I was younger, I was going back and forth, but mm -hmm. it's been a minute. So it, I'm more American than anything. Okay. You know? Okay. Um, I can't really say like there's anything that um, like I almost feel like a counterfeit if I try to 
try to, you know, also I'm just saying I was born there. Like right. if I try to claim, oh, uh, the pride or the. The nationality. The nationality. Yeah. It, it's, 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 you know, and one thing I can't say about Jamaican is it's not about the color. It's, it's just really about the people because mm-hmm. there's Chinese Jamaicans. And, really? Okay. Oh, oh my goodness. German Jamaicans. So it's a melting pot over there. Right. Right. Okay. So it's, it's, you know, it's about one people. So it's, it's not about the color or okay. the race is really mm-hmm. weird Jamaican in the sense of the people. Okay. Um, but for me, I guess since I, I didn't, I wasn't a hundred percent raised or raised long <laughs> enough to, to be able to make that, uh, to claim it in my head, like, you know, mm-hmm. acknowledge it, I guess, um, I don't, I don't know. I just, it's, 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 it's not, a, I, I don't, I guess I don't, I don't know enough about the heritage and the culture to, to feel comfortable. Like say, also I'm just saying I was born there. Like, right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Do your parents, uh, themselves carry any traditions or are they kind of Americanized as well? Oh no. Uh, okay. <laughs> my parents are definitely a hundred percent. Um, you know, they, they're still talking I'm a, outside of my uh, mom and dad who, you know, my mom's here in Georgia, mm-hmm. uh, dad's up in uh, Massachusetts. Okay. Um, but all of our core family after that, they're still there in Jamaica. So they're, okay. they're always talking on Skype or WhatsApp oh, nice. or, that's cool. Um, you know, going back and visiting things like that. Okay. So it's just me. I'm the I'm the odd child. You're, just, you're that the black sheep of the family. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, I guess touching more on the filmmaking thing, you d- mentioned stories and how you see everything in a very vibrant and lively way. Um, tell me your first film project, and what the, what genre was that? First film project. Um, I guess let. Let's uh, put it this way. Officially, the one I, I really want to start, you know, counting okay. would be um, at the fork shop. You know, oh, okay. your, your speakers will probably your listeners uh, probably already knows about the fork shop by this point. You know, you okay. have Stephen Blackman mm-hmm. on here. Right. Um, that's where I could say as far as um, a cre- the creative side of um, shooting, helping to shoot the film and more so for me. um editing you know mm-hmm. so my kick is that i loved the whole point of story for me is being able to take something and put it together and that's what editors do right mm-hmm. you know right. of course you have the directors and everybody else who's um uh pre-production and production right but post-production mm-hmm. is taking all of those angles taking all of that audio and then putting it all together and making it tell that story mm-hmm. you know deliver that message and um when i joined the fork shop that was the thing that got me excited was like i just volunteered like i was like hey steven um is it okay you know i'm i'm, I'm fairly new I've, I've been doing editing for like uh little vlogs and things like that mm-hmm. you know where it was talking heads yeah but i've never tried my hand fully at um editing story in that way mm-hmm. and so when we shot it and he gave me the ability, you know, the, the, the opportunity to shoot, I mean, to edit one of the short films, that was really my big, big, big moment, big, big moment. Yeah. Uh-huh. Nice. What, uh, what was the name of the short film? Uh, what? Okay. We had Tommy and no, not stayed that time. I call it stayed that Tommy, but that wasn't that. What was the first, uh, sorry. Uh, what was the first one? 
I don't remember. I, it's been so long. <laughs> it's it's been a minute. Oh, no, no. It was uh yoga. It was the the yoga. Oh. <laughs> it was the namaste. 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 Okay, hold so, on. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. I turned it off. Huh. <coughs> okay, sorry about that little interruption. So it was nam- it was Namaste. It was Namaste. Okay. Go ahead. I know so, the whole washer thing messed everything <laughs> no, up. No, you're fine. No, no. Um, so Namaste, that's where, you know, I got to meet just great, there's great people that come out to the fork shop. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not sponsoring it, but I'm, I'm also, you, if you if you want to try something, uh, you want to get involved, uh, you try your hands at any part of the, the filming produ- uh, process, you want to come out. This episode <laughs> brought to you by the fork shop. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, great people, um, great atmosphere. And so being able to have these people just be comfortable and mm-hmm. feel, you know, um, Stephen and um, Stephen and his wife create this atmosphere that's just very welcoming. And so these people came out and um, whether it's people who have been coming consistently or just joining for the first time, they, they come out and they have fun and we, we are able to put something together. Right. And so um, the cast, you know, those who were a part of who were the actors and actresses, I mean, they were just all in. They were committed, <laughs> um, and uh, we we put out something that was 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 pretty fun. And you know, it's a learning process. So some things went off script. You know, that was not planned. Yeah. But that's what happens. You know, in filming and anything creative. Yeah. No, I definitely agree. I like uh, when I first joined the fork shop, probably back in like mid twenty sixteen. I was really behind, and I still am the the idea and the message that the workshop carries for everyone you kind of touched on that a lot uh, just being able to develop a sense of community and coming together and rallying together and making something that everyone can enjoy whether it you know it's a hit or not we all ex- everyone involved gain experience and i think that is what makes a film industry so much fun to be a part of um but anyway going to the namase thing i really like damon's Damon's so like don't give this man a script because then he, he won't perform as well as he could if you just say just improv this thing because Absolutely. he is like the master of improv he is a so. master of improv and he really gets into the character he yeah. makes the character his like it's it's always a, his flavor it's like mm-hmm. you know when Damon's evolved you're like okay that's that's Damon right there right okay. yeah it's great um, I haven't seen Damon in a while I need to I might bring him on yeah, that'd be awesome. So, because uh, I didn't know he did music too. Yeah. Yeah, I want to show up to the. What was it? It was at the place in Stockbridge. Yeah. Were um, you Were you part of that? Yeah. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was like, oh, you do music too? He, no um, one told me this. Pennies, nickels, and dimes. <laughs> yeah. It's so catchy. Oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. I was on a set, and there was just happened to be a stack of pennies, quarters, nickels, and dimes. <laughs> That was a like, pennies, quarters, nickels, and dimes. Took a picture of it and sent it to him. I'm like, boom. There you go. It was so funny. Um, so what are your what are your next endeavors, um, for film? 
So for film right now, it's, um, it's all about me collaborating with people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as you, you said, something that was key. Um, I felt like I started late, not in the sense yeah. of, um, like I didn't know, I knew it was, I was creative. I knew I had, mm-hmm. I always had this passion for, uh, doing creative things. Right. Right. But the editing and, you know, by, a byproduct of the editing was, well, if I, I need content to edit, so that's where yeah. I got into cinematography and, mm-hmm. you know, being the cameraman as well. Um, that just came about in the last uh, year and a half. So it okay. was like once it clicked in my head that I wanted to go on this route of, you know, telling stories through movies or short films or, you know, things like that on mm-hmm. screen. Um, it was like, okay, well, I don't know what to do. But I do know this. I can go on YouTube and start to learn. There you go. YouTube <laughs> University. And then after a while, it was like, okay, I've now watched more YouTube in this one year. You know, even a few months that I've watched in the space of five to seven years, mm-hmm. you know, uh, just consuming content. Right. And it got to a point of, well, now you know enough. Like, you know enough to get started. It's time to go that, do That's what I want thing. to put it. Right. It's like, yeah. now it's time to put it into practice. You know, okay. nothing, there's nothing worse than having knowledge and not applying it. Right. So that's where I, I looked up the meetup, joined the workshop. And, mm-hmm. um, so now for me, it's still, I'm still in this place of, I want to try it all. Like, I don't know, I don't have a particular genre or, um, style of film that I, that I'm committed to yet. Like I just, right. w- I want to, I want to get my experience of trying mm-hmm. a horror, trying a doc. I definitely want to do a documentary. Okay. In fact, if, if there's anything I want to do immediate next. Okay. Is a documentary. Okay. Which, which nice. is crazy because that's so involved. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, all, I mean, I've never done a documentary, so I can't speak for it, but I feel like it's more involved than creating fictional content because it's all factual and you have to make sure you're, Shit is in a row, and you and you have to tell us figure out how to tell a story right. on top of that. On top of that, right, right. So it's like, okay, yeah. <laughs> there's a, there's a, I think it's a docu series on HBO. It's called, uh, I don't, I can't remember what it's called, but it has to do with uh, the Monopoly game mm. that was done through McDonald's from like 1989 to like oh, 2005, yeah. and they're talking about how like they advertise million dollar winners, but no one won. Really? And so they, yeah, that's just kind of like the pitch, the hook of it. So I was like, I need to watch that. That's and, interesting. Yeah, so I was like, I think it's like a five or six part series. I think, like, that sounds really interesting because like I used to play that and I never went on anything outside of like free cheeseburger, a free, or right, a free, a free drink. meal, right? Yeah, like, oh yeah, but like I want to win actual money, man. Like, right. That's why I... I'm here buying twelve <laughs> medium sized cokes. Like I don't care about the drink itself. Peeling it all, right? Right. right. So, um, but yeah, but I think doing a documentary would be interesting. Yeah. So that's, that's on my radar. If, okay. You know, if I, I, if I can help with it or if not, just, um, I'm thinking in my, I have a concept in my head of doing something like what you're doing right now, mm-hmm. where there's certain people that I've met in my life that, um, it's interesting to, um, have known them for, uh, 10 plus years. Mm-hmm. Right. And seeing where we came from. Yeah. Into uh, they're pretty established. Yeah. And it, I, for some of them, I know their stories a little bit more int- intimately mm-hmm. to know that it wasn't an easy journey. Yeah. It never and is. So, it never is. And so f- I was like, well, I would love to, as my practice slash 
real thing. Like I would love to document this process of, you know, of where you are now and how did you get here? Do it, man. People love that stuff. Yeah. Like I thought about doing that and I just didn't ex- execute well enough, but I thought about doing that for sad, mad, glad. Mm. Like at the time I was like, I guess vlogging if you will. And I learned that it's not for me, mm-hmm. but um, I thought it would be interesting at the time to document that. But uh, I might do that for another project just to kind of showcase, like not to make it sound like, Oh, like I'm not bragging about this or that or toot my own horn by documenting, just showing like the fact that it's filmmaking is not for the faint of heart. Right. Like, you really have to be committed a hundred percent, 110%, 120, um, you know, because there's just so much, you know, it's hard to describe in a podcast. All right. <laughs> we could be here. I could literally make this podcast eight hours long and describe you pre-production. And then that doesn't count, you know, obviously production and post-production, but um, I think that'd be kind of cool to do in a certain creative way. Right. That um, captures the audience attention versus like, okay, today we're going to be talking about script breakdown. <laughs> like, uh, what is that? You know? Yeah. I think that, I think that's very real. Um, this year I discovered, I don't, I don't know if you've heard of this guy, um, Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V. Oh, Gary V. I have oh a I Gary V's oh, book crushing oh it. Goodness. I've, so I I found out about him. I can't remember how I found out about him. Mm-hmm. Someone recommended his book. If, oh, someone on YouTube while I was watching about film right. um, <laughs> recommended his book. And I ended up reading. I didn't know that he had made Crushing It. They had recommended Crush It, yeah. which was written in 2008. Uh-huh. And I'm on this audio. I don't I don't read physical books much okay. anymore because you know, I'm commuting you're two an, hours. Yeah, you're an audio. Yeah. So audio. audio. So listen to that. It was amazing then to say, wow, he saw all of this in 2008. It's now 2020. Right. And all of that happened. And then I found out, oh, he wrote Crush It, Crushing It in 2018. Yeah. Uh, I didn't go back through that one. But um, I ended up following him on Instagram mm-hmm. and YouTube. And one of the things that he says, man, is uh, his one of his biggest things is, or there's a few, but um document don't create right right and 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 basically putting if you want to brand yourself you want to create content on scale mm-hmm. and that means that you know instead of trying to uh, make the best production quality of oh well I have to have the right lighting and I have to uh, okay. have the best audio right now it's more of what you were just saying about you know we're going to talk about pre-production today and you have your phone or if you have a camera use your camera right but it's you just capturing your writing and this is what i'm doing you know and mm-hmm. you post that and you just keep doing it right consistency and consistency and in one of your other videos or i'm sorry podcast uh with steven mm-hmm. he was talking about where john would write four books and mm-hmm. put out you know maybe on the fourth one is where john makes it big versus you know if you just created one piece of content Mm -hmm. and you're hoping to make that be the thing that goes viral. Right. So it's more of you're getting experience, you're learning your craft or you're just learning as you're doing more than focusing on just doing one thing and hoping that that would be the thing that it's interesting. It's interesting that you bring it up because, um, it kind of segues into something I wanted to talk about. I'm I'm glad there's this link that I could, you know, perfect, bring it to versus just like straight on going to it. Um, with being you know creating content you like you make that piece like how do you differentiate and maintain a sense of uh 
optimism and consistency with wanting to create more content after your first project, whatever that is, has not succeeded the way you imagined in the beginning? Well, that's a great question. <laughs> um, the first thing I will say, man, um, <clears throat> excuse me, is just acknowledging that you just did whatever you just did, whatever mm -hmm. that project is. The reality is that a lot of people have not done, you know, even though just there's just a, a lot of, you know, quote unquote, um, actors and producers they, there is but mm -hmm. there's 7.3 billion people in the world right? right and if you even if you eliminate those under 15 or you can't even say that because there's there's some kids out there right. you know who are creating content creating right. short Billie films Eilish, man she's like, <laughs> 18 and she's good for right. life right so um there's 7.3 billion people and and yet there's so many people who have a desire to do something mm-hmm whatever it is, dancing, film, mm -hmm. and they haven't done it. Yeah. Right. That's, that's the first part. Is it just like really acknowledging that you, you accomplish, you know, let's use you for example, in this case, uh, you have sad, mad, glad. Mm -hmm. You also have, um, um, uh, it starts with a T trace uh, trace. <laughs> you How have dare you forget it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you put me on spot. Um, you have trace like that's amazing. There's, you know, even for, for me, you know, being on this, on this beginner end, I, I can't imagine how many things you've learned. Dude, so much. <laughs> like I, like Sad Mad Glad was my master's, Trace was my PhD. Wow. So next one's probably doctorate. Right. And so taking that for nothing else, right? If, 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 you know, if you want to if someone else on the outside said, well, you didn't make money with Sad Mad Glad or you didn't make money with Trace yeah. or whatever. Dude, you've learned so much. Yeah. That if someone else, you know, if you if you're not someone who who's able to learn from other people's mistakes, you know, i.e. reading a book or whatever. Uh -huh. um, <clears throat> there's just there's a difference between theory knowledge, like book knowledge right. or learned knowledge mm -hmm. and experience. Yeah. The knowledge that you gain through experience. Right. And so I would say if you've done something and it didn't quote unquote turn out into the, the success that you imagine, you know, if that success was recognition, if that success was, uh, financial or whatever, mm -hmm. you, you still have to, in your head at, at the very least acknowledge and look back on how did you grow? You're not the same person right. who you were, the, the same artist you were when you started that mm -hmm. pro, you know, that product right. or project or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, that's what I would say. Okay. Okay. I was just asking, um, you know, because I, I, I'm just curious to how you would approach that. If you've ever, I'm sure you've gone through something like that where you created something um, and it didn't turn out the way you wanted and you felt discouraged. So just seeing how you handle that discouragement. Oh, dude, I'm, I'm always discouraged. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, as far as there's always disappointment, like um, I just, you know. I'm so honored to have you have that you have me on your podcast. Right. And I was, so, I was saying, you know, before we started that I just started, um, uh, just started, just recorded our first podcast. And, you know, of course it didn't turn out how I wanted it to, mm -hmm. you know, in my head, it was like, dang, like, um, I like this, this, this flow right here where we're having a conversation. Mm -hmm. And so this is, this is me going into my head now and over criticizing. And right. of course it can always, there's always something you can do better. Always, right? There's always. always something you could do better. And for me, as I just said to you, I have to remind remind myself, I just did a podcast. Right. You know, it's for me. That's huge. I'm, yeah. It's the first one. 
Mm-hmm. And um, that that's that's major. I have to acknowledge that that's something that's major. I've never done that before. Okay. I don't have all the knowledge, right? Right. But I knew enough to get started, and I got what I need the bare minimum that I needed to get started, and I did. Mm-hmm. So it's just now looking to the next one, saying, okay, well, I know I didn't like these things, so let's try to change at least it up. change it up. Let's yeah. let's try something new. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Oh, speaking of which, what is your podcast about, <laughs> and where do I subscribe? <laughs> well, uh, it's still in. I'm still editing the uh, the content. Okay, but it's going to be up by Saturday or Sunday at the very late Sunday okay. at the very latest. Okay, I have an accountability partner, so we're keeping us ourselves on the straight and narrow by by Smart. right. Um, so the name of it is uh, the Bro Code. Okay, and it's it's interesting because it's really. Um, it's a playoff our company name, which is Brospective Media. Okay. And it was started by me and my uh, really, really good friend of mine. Uh, he's a brother, like a brother to me. He is my brother. I'm not going to say like a brother. He is my brother. Um, and it's just got two guys, pr- two guys providing their perspective on life, business, and, okay. you know, just on life, you know, okay. all, all of that, all of what that entails and sharing our journey along the way of how we're trying to grow this business, how we're trying to be, how we are as creatives, you know, mm-hmm. in the creative space and wanting that to help to encourage others who want to do the same thing or yeah. want to just do something with their lives, but they may feel um, that they don't have the support. They don't have the community. Right. Right. Just showing, you know, sharing our experience of what we've gone through, what we are going through mm-hmm. and encouraging them to just start, start right now. That's so awesome. Yeah. Where are you going to have this platform at? So, uh, definitely going to be on anchor or we're using anchor as the recording thing, Same. but <laughs> <laughs> perfect. Um, but otherwise than that, Spotify, uh, iTunes. Okay. I'm probably going to now call you and ask you how, how do I get those things up? <laughs> so here's the funny thing about anchor. I thought, that you would have to do so much work to get your podcast distributed on different channels. Right. It does it all for you. Oh. For free. Oh. Yeah. I was like, this sounds too good to be true. Like, where's the catch here? Do I have to pay? Is this like, do I have to pay a monthly subscription? Okay. Right. Like, no, it's free. You can record it through a website, your phone, or you just upload the media content. Right. And then it'll notify you via email. Like, hey, your podcast is now on blah, 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 and blah, 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 blah. Oh, um that's yeah. exciting so it'll do for me right now we're on stitcher google Podcasts, uh overcast uh radio public apple Podcasts, and spotify that's the only i can remember wow so there might be a couple more so i've never even heard of half of those yeah so that's like, very cool <laughs> yeah so one time i think someone i think megan's friend is like hey are you on stitcher i'm like what is stitcher <laughs> like <laughs> i think for that one though um you had to get the rss feed mm-hmm. but then when you sign up it's very intuitive like you go through the website like what is your rss feed and you just copy and paste drop it in okay cool now we'll just go through some quick confirmations make sure it's you not some bot trying to you know do some right. shady material stuff um and then then you're good to go oh awesome and i think it's the same with apple podcasts okay either you put the feed in or it just does i don't know which but the weird thing is is that you have to you can only find your podcast through the app on a cell phone you can't go through like itunes or apple store and get it okay it's kind of weird so it's kind of a very like niche audience if you will okay so Eh, 
But yeah, still, it's I mean, still a story. Still, I mean, there's a billion iPhones, right? So you're, right. you know, and more people are using their phones anyway, <laughs> right? So it just makes more sense, right? So, but yeah, Anchor's great, man. So if you're gonna use Anchor, I thank you. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so, um, trying to keep the conversation going. Do you? Uh, <laughs> what are we at? Twenty-eight minutes. Um, man. Uh, well, let me just go back a bit because it happened a while ago. But let's uh, talk about the Oscars. Okay. Um, what are your thoughts on the Oscars? Or first off, did you even watch them? So yeah, I'm about to kill this. Okay. Oh, <laughs> don't, don't. You didn't watch them, did you? I sure didn't watch them. Okay, me neither. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I watched like maybe first hour of it. Um. Did you see the end results? No. So, Wait. Parasite. So you know who won like best cinematography, best picture, and things like that. Nineteen Seventeen, mm-hmm. Parasite. Yep. And those are the main two that I've, I've heard yeah. about. Have you seen Parasite? No, dude. Uh, at first, it's not what I thought it was, just based on the title. Right. But I mean, you know, if you know the definition of the word, I was taking it for like a literal uh, usage of the name of the movie, but it actually. Um, spoil alert if you are listening and you have not seen Parasite. Stop stop, stop listening right stop now. Stop listening right skip, now. Skip to like five minutes from now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe more. So just giving the heads up. I'm going to give you a couple seconds to turn this podcast off. Okay. Okay. That was your opportunity. So uh, <laughs> so first off, do you are you going to see the movie? Um, I'm someone you can actually tell me. Okay. And I'm still, if, if I'm interested, I'm going to watch it regardless. It doesn't ruin it for me. <laughs> okay. So it starts off with a very, very poor South Korean family. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have Wi-Fi. They're like crowded in their bathroom to get 2G Wi-Fi service, which is like dial right. up in today's standards. So, and they apply for these jobs to this rich family. And the 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 boy teenager of the family gets a tutoring job. And then... I'll just cut that part out. Um, and then the daughter of the family gets a job also as like a tutor. And then so ev- eventually like through the movie, I think in the first 30 minutes, the whole family starts infiltrating this rich family by um, <clears throat> just taking over. Like the mother takes over the maid's job by learning that she has an allergy to oranges and puts like orange peel I can, the, I, I can already see where you're going with this, but please continue. Yeah, so okay. it, so she starts to have not like severe reaction, but like mm-hmm. enough to be like, oh, she's sickly. She needs to get out of here. And so the mother takes over that job. And then the dad becomes a chauffeur because the daughter ends up planting her underwear in the previous driver's car. And then the, the, dad, the dad of the rich family sees the underwear and like, questions everything with his wife and so they fire him and then the dad from the poor family comes in and takes over his job right and they just start racking up money and racking up money and of course like this rich family has like a super nice house it's like tony stark house kind of thing right um not as intuitive but like very nice looking and um <clears throat> so and then it's like a rise from grace or a rise to grace and then a fall from grace mm. because they learn that the architect of the house had built like a mini like underground house because they're in South Korea. And so like the threat of attack from North Korea was like always kind of there. Right. Okay. And so they had to build these underground places in these homes 
maybe obviously people with lots of money right um to you know shelter themselves in case there's like some kind of you know military strike so with that being said they find the this old lady i'm sorry they find this man in the basement and they didn't know this at all it's oh dude it's so crazy and then the old maid comes back and that's how they find out about this guy in the basement. They had no idea. Right. She leads them down there. She's like, you walk in as like this, um, it's kind of creepy. Like it's a, it's a social horror movie. It's okay. not like pop out and scare and no bloody ear and guts like that. Um, but like, there's like these nice, like cabinets with like nice China in there. And then they walk mm-hmm. in and it's like black and then it walks down to like the cellar. And then they're like behind this like, um, shelf with like food items that are in jars there's like a door behind that. Then it goes down to I'm the like basement. seeing this as you, you're doing such a right. good job describing so, that. And right. it. So the cinematography is great in this movie. And so like, then they move that shelf over and then there's like a metal door that like cranks open from the inside, but then shuts from the outside and then they go down and then that's where they find all this stuff. And so they're like, Oh my God, I had no idea any of this was here. And so, um, and then of course now that, uh, Everyone now that the family knows of this and the woman knows of the fact that the whole family infiltrated this rich family. Uh, so the, the the maid, the, the, the previous, the, the previous original maid, the original maid found out about this. Uh huh. And so she's like, "When well, I have leverage against you," and so they're utilizing that. So basically, they hold these people hostage, not like gunpoint or anything, mm-hmm. but just literally by a phone. Like she recorded a video, like the entire family was down there. I think the one person went down and then they were all hiding in the stairwell and they, and they all, the rest of the family slipped and fell out. And then the lady started recording, recording that they're like, Oh dad, you hit me in the head. So like, it kind of has the evidence of like, they're all together on this deal. Got it. Okay. So there's that leverage for the woman. And so they had the, the original, maid. the original maid. Right. Yeah. Okay. And so of course, then they go upstairs and it's like raining and, uh, the family had left to go on a camping trip, but because it was raining, they had to cancel the camping trip. So they're on their way back and they were like, oh shit. But like all this is going on while the family's coming back. Yeah. And so the, the, the rich mother calls the maid, the current maid. She's like, yeah, we'll be home about eight minutes. Can you make me this dish? She was like, oh my gosh. And the house is a mess. Cause they've been drinking and partying and having a good time expecting for them not to be back for like a weekend. Right. So, and then all this stuff starts ensuing. And so <laughs> it's crazy. I think, the previous man gets knocked out because they all start fighting. Mm-hmm. And then the, and the teenage daughter runs and grabs like two oranges and just starts rubbing her face. Oh my God. So she swells up like a balloon. <laughs> and so, and then the dad, I don't know. I'm kind of skipping around, but like the dad, there's like this tiff in that little dark hallway that I was telling uh-huh. you about. So he ends up kicking her down the stairs Goodness. and like smacks her head on the ground, like the concrete wall. I'm like, Oh, she dead. Right. But she's not dead. She's just had a concussion. And then the other, the 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 husband of this old mate, this previous mate, not old mate, it's a card game. Um, he doesn't want to leave because he's been down there since the house was built. Oh, so the so the maid took him down to her husband, who's been in that basement, right? So oh. a previous owner had built the house and used actually both of them as a way to kind of keep up the house. And so it's just a crazy story. Wow. Okay. And then of course they, um, the family infiltrated the rich family ends up losing that opportunity because, 
And there's more to the story too. Right. Um, like there is a, the rich guy does not respect respect the father of the the, the poor family. Mm-hmm. Like um, they there's a scene where he is underneath one of the couches the the poor father is, and he's listening to the rich guy talk to his wife about the the guy. He's like, yeah, he smells like poo, and I just can't respect him and things like that. And so that really pisses him off. And so they're having this little party. Skip ahead. After this whole thing, this little situation resolves itself with the people in the basement right. and the poor family. So the poor family ends up getting ahead of those two in terms of the, you know, uh, I don't want to describe it, just kind of like outmaneuvering them. And so so then there is this party that they're having and the the rich guy just makes the whole, I mean, sorry, makes the dad dress up in like an Indian costume. Mm. And then I think the old the guy that was in the basement ends up coming out somehow and um i think like the door's left unlocked or something you know you know cheesy like that and so he comes out and he like he stabs one of the poor guy's daughter and like like right here ooh i think she recovers but no it was this, i think it was the son i think he had like severe brain damage wow um he slowly recovered but um, but then the father, the poor father, ended up stabbing the rich guy in the chest because he was just so pissed off about the fact that he had no respect for him, even though wow. he was literally doing everything for him. Um, and because of that, he committed murder. And so the father went in hiding, and then the family, the poor family, couldn't find his father. Their father, he ends up hiding in the basement of the house for the <laughs> longest time because the the rich family doesn't know about this basement at right. all. So he's able to go down there and just seek refuge and he just comes up every couple of days and gets food. You know, he's got a bathroom and stuff down there, so he's good. Um, and then like writing letters to their family and the son is like, one day, dad, I'm going to make lots of money. I'm going to buy this house so you can get out one day. Wow. And that's how it ends. <laughs> uh, so I'm, Wow, that's okay. that's that's um I didn't do a time count, but that's parasite probably like five six minutes maybe more. That yeah, once you said you know it's not what you think with parasite, and then you said family and how they all got this job. I was like, oh, that's how it happens. Okay, mm-hmm. that was interesting. How I, they, yeah, wow. yeah. So I thought it was going to be like one of these like epidemic. I thought it was viral gonna be movies, right? Yeah, because the way they started shooting it, it was like it's only these people in like certain shots, and there'll be like a long wide shot. Of like them coming out the street and no mm. one else in the street. So I'm like, is there an epidemic going on? They're just totally clueless about this, right? Because like one guy in the beginning of the movie, he's like peeing in the street and he's drunk, and so I thought maybe he was like the ground zero guy, right? Okay, yeah, <laughs> so I, can, like, I can see that. I can see so that. So like, okay, this is gonna be interesting. So I want to see like a South Korean zombie film. I'm like, I've never seen <laughs> one, so I thought that'd be interesting. But like, it was obviously completely the opposite, if at all. Um, to what I was thinking. So I, I like that a lot. Um, I've done research on to, to move, you? to move forward to 1917. Okay. Cause I have not seen 1917. So I'm gonna let you take this. Okay. I mean, I haven't seen it either, oh, but okay. I've done, I've done, I've watched, uh, behind the scenes okay. and, uh, round table and mm-hmm. just like all these things about, okay. about it. And, um, I was really interested with uh, the cinema, 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 wow, the DP cinematographer. How his has uh, the director's idea of want to do a one shot, yes, you know, or, or assimilation for one shot, mm-hmm. 
and how the DP didn't even he he admitted like when he saw it, both him and the writer when they saw it, they thought it was just like, you know, someone the director just trying to get attention to it mm-hmm. until they realized, oh, he's serious. Yeah. And watching the cin- cinematography of uh, how they were shooting it, you know, in constant mm-hmm. motion. Yeah. I, I probably have to go see it in the next uh, week or so. Yeah. Uh, but the constant motion, you know it looks like they were doing a lot of wide shots mm-hmm. even when um they were in the caves and things like that it was yeah. it was still fairly wide it, right it was enough to make you kind of feel claustrophobic but right. not not too much yeah um so that was beautiful mm-hmm. um and seeing uh seeing bits of the the clips here and there of you know certain moments uh the <clears throat> actors really took that on really well and what i found out was that um one of the actors was playing a similar role. Okay. Another, it's a very similar uh, part or character. Mm-hmm. And so he was, he admitted that he, he would just, he was able to adapt that mindset and understand what that character was feeling or how the, he would react in, in mm-hmm. situations. So I could see how that could be. That was one of the winners. I was like, yeah. oh, okay. After I'd, I'd watch all these behind the scenes and mm-hmm. seeing the, the end, end results here and there, I was like, oh, yeah. okay. Roger Deakins is a genius when it comes to Roger cinematography. Deakins. Yeah, he's so great. He looks like the cool, like camera grandpa that right. you, you want to like, like grandpa, come here. I was so fascinated just watching, yeah. just watching his, his yeah. posture and how he spoke and right. how he saw, the th- you know, how mm-hmm. did he get the angles and yeah, um, how they were talking about using the airy mini, yeah, to you know to create all these rigs, these three or four rigs, mm-hmm. um, and how it was you know because it was constant motion, how. Uh, what was really cool was that a lot of the actors actually, even when they were uh, in pre-production of, you know, planning how to do the shots, mm-hmm. those actors were there. It oh, really? Was, yeah. It wasn't fill-ins. Like it was them doing really wow the, like the, test, the, the shots? test shots and everything like that. Okay. All of, and in fact, they insisted on them being the ones to do it. Okay. And so Roger Deakins was saying that really helped both parties because once they were shooting live, they knew everything. Right. They know what to do. They knew exactly what to do. That makes a difference on set. Yeah. Because then you're like, all right, I know what to do in test footage. You know, I'm still going to do it, but I could probably like put a little spin on it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, and, depending on what it is. And depending on what it is. Of course, they were saying like, you know, there were certain parts where it was just so muddy, like them tripping, that you know, where they were tripping or getting yeah. stuck in the mud. That was real. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and still having to stay in character and do mm-hmm. your lines as you're oh, literally I struggling. Swear. I wouldn't swear. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> so that's, that's just amazing. Um, there's a lot of work that goes into it. I, I think David, uh, I just got some beer in my eye. Oh, okay. Poor guy. That's all right. Good. Um, yeah, I need to see 1917. Um, Another movie that I think was nominated. I don't know if it won any awards, but uh, Jojo Rabbit. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Have you ever heard of it? No. Okay. So do you know who Te- Taika Waititi is? He directed the last Thor movie. Yes. Okay. Yes. He's that that kooky guy. Um, he's great. So he plays. I think he. I don't know if he wrote this or direct. I know he directed it. Uh, I think so. I have to double check that. Um, but he played uh Hitler in this movie. <laughs> so it's a period piece in the 1940s in, okay. in Germany. And uh, so it has Taika Waititi and Scarlett Johansson, Rebel, Rebel Wilson, Sam Rockwell. That's the main four I can think of. That's five actually. But um, <clears throat> uh, 
I haven't seen the whole movie. I I shouldn't say this out loud, but I have a jailbroken fire stick. Uh huh. So I don't go to the movies much anymore. I hear you. But I mean, I think that's a real thing. That's a real thing. Um. So I started watching maybe like first twenty minutes of it, and it just got me hooked. It's like Wakiti, like generally is just a funny character in real life, and so seeing him assimilate to making Hitler. I'm not, he wasn't uh, justifying anything that Hitler did. Mm-hmm. I think he's actually mocking them even further as the, re- as the regime. Right. But just making it funny because we don't want to see a dark movie because he's not a dark person. Right. But putting that spin on it just made it so interesting. So <clears throat> like in the beginning of the movie, you see him kind of like, like mentoring this young kid to like practice the, you know, these Nazi traditions, but he just does it in such a way where it's almost like, a father son moment. Okay. You know what I'm saying? But like in a weird way, in a weird he's way, teaching this kid to like, <laughs> yeah, you're, and he doesn't go out and use explicit language or against any kind of religion or people. Um, at least in the first scene. Um, but there's a scene where he's like, is there going to be spoilers here? Do we, yeah, just, do we give it's it just warning? like, okay. uh, I, I can't spoil much cause I haven't seen the entire movie. Oh, okay. I'm just spoiling kind of the beginning of it. Um, spoiler alert for the beginning. Spoiler. Yeah. So I think it starts where I think, the third Reich knows they're on their decline, mm-hmm. uh, but they're still trying to like do things. Um, so one scene, they're like, so kids, who's ready to burn books today? <laughs> and all the kids are like, yeah. <laughs> so it's just funny stuff wow. like that. Like, But like it's such a serious thing. Right. And so they kind of humorize it a bit, but I think they're not trying to idolize Hitler and everything that he did. They're trying to do the complete opposite with comedy. Got it. So Got it. That's interesting. I'm going to admit, man, like I'm in such an interesting space when it comes to um, movies in the last funny enough year and a half. Um, I have an addictive personality. I don't do things halfway. So um, that's good. When I when I was in my binging of watching movies and um, like, okay, I'll give you an example. Breaking Bad. Mm, Such a good show. Amazing show. I finished that series in a week, probably. Maybe. Okay. Through Netflix, right? Netflix. Yeah. yeah. So um, three hours of sleep, you know, wow. I, you know, I, okay. I have to get, I, it's not going to be safe for me to drive. So I have to get sleep <laughs> is the only reason why I went to sleep. Right. On my lunch break at work, I'm watching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, I'm just watching as much as possible. Right. Um, I wasn't getting stuff done. You know, I mean, I I did what I had to do to to get by. Right. Uh-huh. But I'm not getting much done. Um, so I decided, okay, well, I need to stop doing that. <laughs> so I, I because I don't do things halfway. Right. I I literally just stop watching movies like that. Like I would watch stuff that I enjoy, like old old stuff, like mm-hmm. but nothing new. Okay. And even when it comes to TV shows, like. I'm, I became a social watcher. Like I would watch it if I'm at your house or out. Right. But I would never commit to me going home and watching it. I'm not going to do it. Really? No. Why not? Would you change that now? Um. Well, I vent. I have to. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So for me now, I'm getting back to that stage where it's like, okay, well, uh, I'm doing this filming thing. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, as a business, but also as a passion. Mm-hmm. And you learn by watching you know right. to it, you grow your mind expand you know mm-hmm. see see other people's creative works and and things like that so it's been this year has been me um really building back up into just being intentional with what i watch mm-hmm. and you know 
um, I think I'm okay with movies more so than I am with series. Yeah. Because if I if I get on the series and I catch my attention, mm-hmm. it's a wrap. Yeah. Especially those long, in those long-winded seasons, too. The long-winded. So, for me, I'm fine with doing the, the, the series that are, like, 23 minutes. So, if, you know, like, the oh. Friends or I just cleared Seinfeld in all all the all the seasons mm-hmm. uh, in less than two weeks. Oh, wow. Because, once again, you, I can do I can consume, oh. like, four episodes in an hour and 15 yeah. minutes. Right. And then I'll do the same thing at work, you know, on my lunch break. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so, it's a long uh, lunch break. It's, it's about an hour. Okay. You know? I'm it's just about kidding. Hour, you know? Okay. Uh, but it's it's light versus yeah. one hour, one hour and fifteen minutes of uh, something that's heavy, and now it's on my mind. Yeah, and right, I I don't know, I don't yeah. know. I'm I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm getting back into watching stuff. Okay. That, that's that's the lesson right there. I'm okay. getting back into it because I have to to yeah. to learn right and grow. So um, a great show I enjoyed thoroughly. They uh, wrapped it up. It was five seasons. It's called Ballers on HBO. Uh huh. Highly recommend it. Okay. I think it's one of the Rock's best, you know, productions and overall projects. Dwayne like, Johnson, Dwayne the Rock. Jo- yeah. He produced it. No, he didn't produce it. He acted in it. Oh yeah. Okay. Um. So he played Spencer Strassmore, mm-hmm. which was a former, I think, Miami Dolphins player. Right. Um. If you guys are listening, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, <laughs> but um, who turned into a NFL agent for players and then eventually became like I think chief owner of the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh wow. Um towards the end of the series. Um but it's so good cuz it gives you an insight. Of course it gets it kind of gets away from the NFL a little bit more as the series mm-hmm. uh, continues on. Um it's still about the NFL but like in the first like couple seasons, mainly the first one, you really get a feel and kind of like an inside look at how players' lives are outside of the arena. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? They show you, like, the lifestyle, the money, the drugs, the women, the alcohol, the boats, the parties, just the overall just glamour of the life of an NFL player. Um, And it varies from different players. Um, If you're, like, um, like if you're a linebacker, you have a certain lifestyle. But if you're just a quarterback for, you know, a major team – um, that's a different story. Mm-hmm. Um, but they do every once in a while. I think they pepper in some actual players. Like they had, um, I don't know his first name. Was it Kamira? He was one of the players for the the Saints. Sure. And they had OBJ on there. Oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, of course in the off season, but um, so they they just it's so interesting. Like I was so like, like I've heard of things like that, but I've actually like seen it. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know if this is true or not, but I was in an Uber once and I was the guy that was driving me actually was a former player for like the Vikings or something. And we got talking about ball and he's like, yeah, dude, that show was like, when it comes to the lifestyle, it's to a T. They, wow. don't, they don't exaggerate it. They don't under exaggerate. It's literally, that's how it is. Girls show up in bikinis. Your next thing you do is like, you're popping bottles and doing blow. Like what? Wow. That's crazy. And on a yacht in Miami. So I'm like, dang, that's insane. And they think, you know, they're just some, you know, have to me i feel like you have this persona of like these players who are like clean good-hearted people not say that they aren't right right you know but just doing you know things like that you know Mm -hmm. at least some people in the nfl not versus all right so yeah it's very interesting i recommend it so Uh, that okay so ballers i got someone uh recommended hunter on um prime that just came out right right okay so someone just recommended that as well and then um someone recommended an older movie uh the boiler room 
Have you seen that one? Mm-mm. Okay, I haven't seen it either. But I'm, I'm trying to get into Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks, what's that about? I don't even know yet. <laughs> like, it's about this death of this young girl, and this FBI agent goes. I forget, I forget what even state it's in, but this FBI agent comes in to investigate it, and apparently, like weird stuff starts happening. That's literally mm. all I know. Twin what Peaks. weird stuff? I don't know. Like it only it was only two seasons. And is it, it was, on Netflix? Um. Either I think it is on Netflix. Yeah, sounds familiar. Yeah, Twin Peaks. It was like two seasons show back in like the early mid nineties. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So I'm like, I've heard of it before. I tried to get into it. It's like super super slow burn. Like you gotta have patience for this one. Gotcha. It's but like Fargo. It, uh the series. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen it. Oh, you gotta see that one. Okay. Is it based off the movie? Yeah, a little bit. Okay. It was so good. Okay. I'll check it out. The movie was amazing too. Yeah, I like the movie better. The Coen Brothers are geniuses, <laughs> man. They're so smart was... with their writing and directing. Um, but I wanted to go back a little bit when I think I, f- I don't know if it was the first time I met you or the second time when Robert Roberto Blake uh-huh. came out and we had all those YouTubers. Um, oh yeah. And you mentioned that you wanted to do a YouTube channel. Uh huh. So tell me about that. Okay. So. I definitely started. Okay, awesome. <laughs> uh, posted three episodes. Okay. And I was like, I still want to do it, uh-huh. but I'm switching to podcasts first. Okay. Oops. So I have a couple things on there. You know, I have um, outside of my, um, I have two two vlog episodes. I'm sorry, two vlog episodes. And then um, like other little projects that I've done. Mm-hmm. Um a wedding and some events like my little portfolio of documenting okay. what I've been right. doing. So haven't been doing much on the YouTube space. Okay. Um, getting, I guess I'm, I'm building up my documenting, not creating. Right. Okay. Right. And, uh, I think I made it a lot more than it, it was or more. So I didn't define what I want to do on it. And I okay. think if you want to be a, a YouTube as a career, mm-hmm. um, you do have to put out a more refined thing refined in a sense of uh, a certain quality that doesn't just automatically turn people away. Right. Right. Um, but definitely, you know, definitely the content. Yeah. And I don't know what I, what I, what I want to do with that. <laughs> well, I mean, um, what was I going to say? You know, Gary V I think is a good, if you, I mean, obviously I'm sure you listen to his, mm-hmm. his stuff, his vlogs, his podcast. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. Um, I've read his his little sixty uh, two hundred and eighty page uh, deck about how to turn one piece of content into sixty four pieces of content. Oh, really? Wow. Okay. It's uh, it's free. It's amazing. Is it really? Yeah. Where, what's the resource? I was. It, it's not. Sorry. What's the like? Where the resource? Where do you find it? On his website, but I'll send you the link. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um. Or you can just Google Gary V sixty four post and it'll take you right there. Okay. Either cool. Way. Cool. Um. So what it's about really about finding your niche. Like what um, makes you feel inspired? You know what I'm saying? So for that being said, like what, what inspires you? I know kind of, kind of rehashing that question. Mm -hmm. What inspires you to make a genre or niche that you think would be successful on YouTube? Um, So for me, it's really anything I can do. I love working with creators. Mm -hmm. One, um, but two, 
I really get excited about seeing people taking chances on doing the things that excite them mm-hmm. in whatever capacity. Um, whether it's you, you love to, uh, whether it's dancing or you might be someone who just loves to, to, um, say hi to people and, you know, congratulate them or, high five you them. know, high five, you know, high fives, like mm-hmm. acknowledging people, like right. whatever it is that, you know, um, really brings you joy. Um, I love being able to, um, support that and encourage that to, mm-hmm. to, you know, for you to do it on the other end. Um, and then on the flip side of that, you know, for those who want to do make a difference or make a change or do something, um, to a next to another level, mm-hmm. then I, I, I'm all about either being the connection or helping to connect people like, okay. like a networker, right. um, or just using my skill, any skills or talent that I have to, to help that individual. Okay. Um, so my thing is, I, I don't know. I don't know if there would be a, a niche that I would fall into. It's more of, I'd rather just talk about whatever I want to talk about. And okay, well, that's fair. You know, shoot whatever I want to shoot. And um, I don't see where see where that goes. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't have anything in my head right now of making YouTube the career. Uh-huh. You know, ordeal. Um, uh, this one guy I've been watching recently. You know, he has a, a successful business, and he 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 just he's on YouTube just to put content that will help people be successful in the, on the, the business side of, of, uh, filming or okay. content creation. Smart. Right. Um, and so for him, you know, he, he doesn't have that stress of having to create a particular type of content mm-hmm. and, um, having to do it every week or, right. you know, like, you know, and or having to be as, you know, you have to do things to keep people entertained and right. interested. Yeah. Um, but, once again, it also depends on what niche you have. If you're someone who wants to do finances and you're a detailer and you want to hear the nitty gritty and yeah. numbers excite you like that, you may just want to hear someone show you how to do the equation and right. script and you'll stay on there watching for an hour. Yeah. So. Okay. Okay. Um, where are we at? 50? 58. Um, so at this point, I'm going to open it up to you to ask any questions. Since I'm going to take you off the hot seat and put myself on it. So okay, go well, forth, my friend. Thanks. You know, I'm I'm really glad that I listened to some of your podcasts before I got here. <laughs> that really prepared me for this moment. Yeah, <laughs> did it. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. I'm like, oh crap, he might do this to me. Yes. Um. Well, first question, David. Uh-huh. Um. You know, we've we've we have worked together once mm-hmm. yeah, yeah once officially right. once um but you know we both know Stephen blackman we've uh, been able to hang out um outside of just the 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 shooting um yeah you told me a little bit of your story of why you wanted to do filming right or okay. to get into the creative space um what did he tell you <laughs> uh so you told me that, you know, um, this is what you're doing full time. Like you're not, you know, um, mm-hmm. you were in school for, I don't know, it wasn't architect. It wasn't, it wasn't, was it math? Was it uh, finance? It was originally mathematical right. engineering. See, I, I, I was on the right track. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, something with math. I, I was like, it was math, architect, uh, you know, engineering. <laughs> it's also not, <laughs> you know, um, 
but you were doing that and you but you you have you've always had this passion about filming mm -hmm. and so you were like screw it you know this is what i want to do mm -hmm. and uh i'm willing to sacrifice um everything else to focus on that mm -hmm. and, and making it um and that that really speaks to me okay. you know um you know, as Lisa said, once again, because I've been listening, I listened to a few of your episodes, um, Lisa, you. You know, uh, Lisa said, you know, it may not be for everyone to that, that exact route. Right. Right. Um, and the reality is it's, you just have to, it's a decision that you have to make as an mm -hmm. individual, you have to figure out, you know, are you someone who's going to, are you willing to burn the boats? You yeah. know, um, you, you make a decision and you burn the boats. There's, there's, you can only go forward. Yeah. And, that really, you know, there was definitely a, um, a a lot of respect that I had for that when you shared that with me. And so that being said, it's been, what, a few years now, right, mm -hmm. um, that you've been on this process uh, or this journey. What are three major lessons that um, really impacted you and, and how did they impact you? Th okay. Like Th three, three things that you learned or... Um, that you learned about yourself during this entire, uh, this entire journey from when you made a decision to, um, become a filmmaker mm -hmm. to, to now. And how's that impacted? Like when you learned that lesson, mm -hmm. how did that change your, your, not your trajectory, but how you did things? Three things. Um, I would say the first one, it's, Three things I learned. Uh, one, uh, you have to get out of your own way, whatever it is. Uh, if you spend too much time in your head thinking, oh, this or that, like, oh, I need to do this, I need to do that. What about this? You know, the what ifs of life, you might as well just go back to, if you, for me, if I were to just continue to think about that, I might as well just go back to mathematical engineering because I'm going to just be basically not moving forward. All right. Um, I think the second thing is that uh, I have to trust, have trust in something that I can't see, sense, feel, or touch, if that makes sense. Um, and what I mean by that is like, you know, some call it Buddha, some call it Jesus Christ, some call it, you know, some form of higher power that we have not been able to truly define is out there willing and and ready to make things happen for you. And so you have to put that trust in that, whatever it may be. And because of that lesson of me putting that trust, Trace was made, Sad, Mad, Glad was made. Um, all the blessings that I have currently, you know, being able to do this podcast, being able to do filmmaking full time. Um, not to say that I don't need to put in the effort 110% of, of the time um, because things aren't just going to walk into your lap if you don't put in the effort. Um, I've had opportunities come to me because I've been putting that trust into the universe, if you will, this higher power. Um, and that has really, it's a funny contrast when I don't put that trust into the universe, you see the result. The result is nothing. You're not, you're not getting jobs. You're not getting experience. You're not building connections with people. You start putting that trust even 75% of the time, right? 
you start to see those connections. You start to see that work. You start to see those things manifest for you because you're manifesting that trust for the universe. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I got it. Um, and then was that two? That was two. That was two. <clears throat> um, the third one. Um, I guess the third one is don't take things so seriously. Um, and I don't mean that in a negative content content. No, sorry. Negative. What's the word? Context. Context. Thank you. Um, I'm trying to figure out how to word this correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> You can just say it and then correct and clear it. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, so I'm not. I don't want to say it to too much more. But I, I'm generally a nice person. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to be nice to people. I like to treat people with respect. Um, and sometimes people aren't always the same way towards me, and I don't take those seriously. Mm. Um, and what I mean by that is, like, I'm acknowledging that person A is being rude. Um. And it, it's a weird, it's a weird line. Sometimes I'll go like, all right, let's try to figure out why you're upset versus just screw you. You're done. Mm-hmm. Um, and in terms of like a confrontational way, the, uh, the other line I write that I kind of walk on in terms of that, let me walk back over here on the mic, um, <laughs> is that like, again, I'll acknowledge it and I'll kind, I will handle it there, but let me start over because I'm not sure how to answer this. Um, let me re- let me just think about this for a second. Okay. <clears throat> the third thing. Can I can I try to define it as your? your yeah, yeah. Go for it. Yeah, if you okay. know, but yeah. I I mean I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna take no. a stab at it. Well, so yeah, go for it. So when you say don't take th- don't take things out of context, um, are you saying that? When, you know, situations are happening, I especially with confrontation with one with people. Right. Right. Um, if someone is having a bad day, a terrible day or mm-hmm. whatever, and they blow up on you, you know, you're re- you, you as an individual, you ever you, you 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 there's many ways you can react to that. Right. You yeah. can blow back up on them. You mm-hmm. know, you can explode on them because okay. it's not fair or you, know, right. you don't serve that, whatever. Or you can take the route of trying to figure out what's going on, or you can take the route of um, just walking away. You know, if you, right. if you can, like I mean, there's right. certain things that you're doing that you can't you literally just, can't just, just you can't, can't just leave. leave. Yeah. Well, you can always leave, but then you probably get fired or whatever. It just make it worse. <laughs> it just yeah. make it worse. Um, but really, in that in that place, I, Gary V does this thing where he says. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't get a high when people give him compliments, but he also, because he doesn't let people blow up his, his ego when they give him compliments or anything like that. He also doesn't allow people to uh, get him low when they give him criticism or they attack him or anything like right. that. Is that, is, is that a, that, what that, you're trying to say? That kind of, that, that does, that does touch on it a bit. Um, and I thank you for, uh, being able to read into that and, you know, come with some clarification on what I was trying to say. So I think, I think there's more than three lessons learned here for me thus far. Please. With filmmaking. Um, so 
kind of add on to that. Hmm. <laughs> so I am. I I enjoy constructive criticism. I think it's very important, and I welcome that. But if it's just a blatant disrespect, it doesn't face me. Got it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because like, I'll try to understand where that person is coming from. Just because there's a certain, it sounds cheesy, but like, you know, love is a language and I try to approach it with a sense of love. Maybe not in the sense of like marriage, but just right. like, you know, respect and kindness. Right. Um, bringing that um, to a certain level. And then after that level, if this person still can't, you know, um, receive the fact or understand the fact that I'm trying to approach it with, you know, that kind of love, then that person has to be um, just professionally, you know, removed from the situation. Right. So um, if we're on set, for example, here's an example. It's a hypothetical one, but if I'm working with someone who's very difficult and I've made multiple attempts, you know, and there's someone who I've brought on, then that person is no longer, you know, like they'll finish the day. Right. Um, but we're going to find someone else. So um, with that being said, those are the kind of things I don't take seriously. Right. <coughs> um, I, oh, go, go, ahead. go ahead. And so that, I think that makes perfect sense. Um, especially in anything, in everything you have to, well, if you want to be successful, you have to learn to not let other people dictate your your reaction or mm-hmm. your your response, right? right. Um, I.e., if you're trying to create something and someone says something to, to really piss you off, if you choose to let that get to you and now that affects your work, mm-hmm. you know, you're now potentially ruining um, the thing that you care about. Right versus you know and i'm not saying this is something easy that actually takes practice it does, right it does. um but versus someone saying you know this is crap and what you're shooting is crap and you know you're not going to make it and it's like well thanks for saying that right not really thanks but you know like okay well i'm sorry to, i'm sorry that you feel that way right um but i'm still continuing to do what i need to do right right and odds are that person putting you down was probably making crap when they first started, whatever that is. Right. Um, just cause you're not an expert when you start. Absolutely. So, I mean, if you are, please, whatever drug it is, whatever, you know, did you hit, yeah. Did you hit your head and like <laughs> suddenly become Albert Einstein or something right. uh, for film? But, um, yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah. So, um, the fourth thing, I think it, it ties into, you know, having that sense of love for people. Um, having a sense of love, having a sense of patience. Um, being in film, you have to have patience. It's just like the, they should just teach you that from day one. Mm. You want to make films, you want to make TV shows, you want to make any kind of media content, audio, video, whatever it is. Right. You need patience. Absolutely. Um, and so that is a lesson I've learned. Um, and it kind of ties into the last one. Sometimes you just want to get really emotionally charged and just give it to them. You know what I'm saying? But like, that's not practicing patience. That's practicing the complete opposite. Right. And so, um, and that in, with that 
practicing, you develop a sense of community. And then that's also important. Mm. So, because at the end of the day, like even if I'm making a project, it really isn't about me. It's about everyone else who's coming together, rallying together to make something great right. together. It's not about, oh, it's David's movie. I'm working on David's movie. No, we're working on a movie together. Well, it's our movie. You know what I'm saying? And so, <clears throat> like, yeah, someone might have, you know, written and directed it. and though, But those are just titles, you know, um, that people turn to when they see the final product. But together as a collective, everyone, you know, did it. So no, no one person is better than the other. So that's what I've learned. That is awesome. So, so when you were, you know, when you first started, did you think you'd be able to just do it all right? Or like, like when you, when you first, uh, when you decided to make this decision to, I'm going to do filming and mm-hmm. make movies and what, what was your mindset when it came to getting, you know, creating these content and, um, you know, executing on all of that? Did, was it one of those things where I have to be the writer? I have to be the director. I have to be the cameraman. I have to, I have to edit or. Yeah, I think it was. It, it sounds like a selfish mindset when you when you want to be everything, but I think for me, you want to be everything because you're afraid to give that power, that responsibility, those decision making opportunities to someone else. Right. Like, you know, you have your baby concept. You're like, oh, I, I just want to nurture it and have it grow up and just be this great thing, but then you just like. You try to write, you try to direct, you try to produce, you try to edit, you try to be an AD, you try to be a camera op, you try to be second AC, first AC. Like, there's a reason why the credits are 20 minutes long in a, in a movie. So, um, I think for, I think, I maybe can't speak for everyone, and you, you can jump in on this after, but I think it's because you're afraid to delegate that power because you're not sure who to trust. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Um, for me, uh, or another angle of that, uh, would just be that maybe you don't feel like, you know, you know, you, you don't have this community, you know, oh, that too. Right. That you, too. And, or it's like, but it takes so much long. It feels like it takes so much longer. I have to find someone who does right. the coloring and, you know, yeah. do the story and I can, I can write it. And then, mm-hmm. well, I have the vision. It's this, I know what I want, mm-hmm. what you just said, actually, you know, you you have this vision. You want to write it the way you want to write it. You want to shoot it the way you want to shoot it. It has to be this way, uh, versus taking the risk of inviting someone else in and them not capturing it the way exactly that right. you wanted, or you know the the actor not acting it the way the exact way that you wanted, or yeah, you know whatever. So I, I definitely agree. And, okay. You know. Yeah. Um. And that's the thing I think with content that I wanted to make. I think I knew early on, thankfully, that, you know, it's almost childish to think that you can do it all by yourself, but somehow you still find yourself doing it. Uh, (laughs) It's like an oxymoron, but um, like, um, I think you have to be willing at the, you know, at any point, be willing to just put in the work. Oh, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Like if it means right now that you don't have a writer, but you Mm -hmm. know, if you can just write some things down to have a general idea, right? Be willing to do that. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, do whatever you need to do mm-hmm. to, to, to get to the goal and realize though, that it will be more effective in the long run to, to develop a team along the way. Oh yeah. <laughs> and so obviously that takes time. Right. Um, 
And so I think if you are, like you said, just start making it, you'll learn along the way. Yeah. It'll probably be good. It'll probably be bad, but you'll, you'll realize like, okay, I can't do camera anymore. And then you start to realize that you need to go out and find a camera person or find a camera woman, um, or man who can do the things that you can't do very well. Absolutely. So I agree. I think one of the most freeing things, um, recently, not just for filming, like I've, I've tried my hand at a lot of things. Right. Mm -hmm. And I've gotten to a place where, um, I'm okay with saying, Nope, I'm not going to learn that in the sense of, um, I'm not going, I'll, if I need to learn to do it, I will, if it's going to be something that will benefit the goal that I'm working towards. Yeah. But, um, absolutely. I'm not, I'm not going back to learn coding. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not going to go back. I'm not going to go back and learn mathematical right. engineering. Right. You know, I just, like, I just, I'm, I'm not part of my life's over. Um, I, I love editing and mm -hmm. I suck at coloring, at color grading, <laughs> you know, so I'll do it to the best of my abilities. I'm right. not going to let that stop me. Yeah. Um, and I would rather, you know, David here is a great guy who loves to do color grading. So I'd rather I just have David do the color grading. Yeah. Sure. You know? And so it's like, I'm not going to now devote, I'm not going to watch 50 hours of content on YouTube on how to color grade. Right. Unless I, unless it was crunch time and I really need yeah, to, right? Right. you know, there's always that, that caveat of if I really need to, I uh -huh. will. But if I can focus on honing my strengths mm -hmm. and then allowing other people who are sh stronger in other areas to help me on this project, mm -hmm. i.e. writing or acting or producing, whatever. I'd rather have a team of A players than me being a C player in 10 things and being only an A player in one. Right. Right. So makes sense. Be willing to do the work, but it's so freeing when I, I, I can breathe easy saying, I'm just going to master my craft with cinematography and editing mm -hmm. and uh, wherever possible, I'll have someone else handle the other roles. All the other steps. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Dude, this is, that was great. Thank you. for the, <laughs> ooh, That seat was getting hot. <laughs> um, do you have any other questions, man? I mean, I have a lot of questions, but I know it's been, it's no, been, it's been I got all the time in the world. I don't know about you. Um, Actually, I don't. I, I I'm still editing a, a wedding video. Oh, you're gonna leave, you're gonna leave me now. <laughs> ah, I see how it is. No, I got I got a few more questions. I'm I got kidding, a, I'm I got a few more. I got one more question for you. Um, so what's what's your end goal? What what's your not? I don't want to say magnus opus because as a creator, you always want to create. You know, you're gonna mm -hmm. want to create something bigger and better or whatever, however that looks to you. Yeah. But <clears throat> what do you see right now as your your magnus opus of your life's work, what would that look like for you? Um, you know, I think life's work would be having an award-winning production company, whether that's, you know, large-scale awards from the Oscars to, you know, I don't even know smaller scale. But um, whatever that smaller scale is, mm -hmm. that kind of range. But really, it wouldn't even be so much about the awards. Cause, sorry. Um, it wouldn't be so much about the awards. It would be more about the content created by myself and others involved would be to be bringing people together. Right. You know, making relatable 
and emotionally connected stories that people can just latch onto and relate to. Mm-hmm. That's the end goal. That would be my body of work. Okay. Um, <clears throat> because like me for like Parasite, for example, like it won an Oscar, but I, like I know of that fact, but right. I barely talk about that fact. I talk about the movie itself and how it it's engaging, it's it's driven, it's you know, it's got tension and things like that. Those are the kind of elements, not those specifically, but just elements that bring, you know, some kind of emotion that people can experience. Right. And come together for. That's what I want my body of work to be. Okay. So now Fifteen years from now, twenty years from now, uh-huh. you're gonna hit that. Okay? okay. So what what would you going to the next level? You know, is there next level? So right, next level. So Grant Cardone, you know, his one of his biggest things is saying that he wants to, he wants seven point three billion people to know who he is, right? Okay. And of course he know, you know, and then Gary, you know, Gary V says that he wants to buy the Jets. And they say that they, they set these goals, not with the expectation that, you know, that they'll really hit it. Right. Okay. But that it's something that keeps them in the game. It's something that keeps okay. them striving okay. to go further, do more. President of the United States. President of the United States. No, I don't okay. want to be president. Oh, okay. I was uh, like, oh, no, no, this no, is no. interesting. Tell no, me I do not want to. I, <laughs> look, I am the least person that's politically savvy in anything. Um, the the most politics I know is from one television and the two Megan. And that's about as far as I want to go with it. Um, I could care less about politics, but anyway, it is important, but I I don't care about it that much. I got you. But, um, so yeah, what keeps me in the game? Yeah. What keeps me in the game? You know, I don't, at this moment, I'll be honest. I don't have like the, the end all be all goal. Right. Like I'm, I don't want to, you know, like here, I don't want to, I don't have a goal of owning the jets. Um, and I think my it's I'm not saying that I don't have goals. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's part of it. And this is, you know, you can argue this if you'd like. Part of it is that if I set a goal to be president of the local 600 worldwide, which is the camera union. Okay. So that's a pretty big goal. Um, I feel as if because of that strive, I would be so focused on that. Not saying you can't focus on it. Right. And, you know, there's a difference of understanding the mindset and, you know, separating yourself from that. But I feel like there's some moments from that point of saying, I want to achieve that certain goal to that goal. You'd miss a lot of the now. Does that Mm. make sense? Yeah. Um, Because... It, it, there's this book I'm reading. It's called The Power of Now. And it basically says, you know, life is happening right now, not right. tomorrow and not yesterday. Absolutely. So if you're so focused on the, on tomorrow, you're missing today. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I'm having a fantastic time right now having this conversation with you one-on-one. I'm not thinking about tomorrow, what I'm going to do tomorrow for work and things like that. Um, I worry about those things in the moment. Right. You know what I'm saying? If I have to take myself out of that mindset for practical reasons to like, okay, I need to find a job because I need to make money. That's thinking about the future. But once I get that, 
I can come back to that moment. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Yeah. And so I don't want to be so focused on that and all be all goal that I miss, you know, enjoying the TV shows, doing podcasts, enjoying time being on set. You know what I'm saying? Right. Things like that. So does that make sense? No, it makes perfect sense. So, uh, I agree. Like I agree. <clears throat> I agree with both. Like okay. uh, for me, um, I've been, Power of Now is on my list, mm-hmm. um, but there's a lot of things where the reality is, the, the, the simple reality is that we don't, tomorrow is a myth. Right. In the sense of you just, the future is a myth in the sense that you just don't know. You don't know, you know, right. people have gone to, you know, concerts or go to movies and there's mass shootings. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, right. you really don't know about what, you know, what's going to happen in the mm-hmm. future in, in in the sense, in the literal sense. Um you can only you should really try to enjoy this moment because that's all you really have right Right. and so the flip side of that is if you you know if you say that you want to become or you're you're working towards whatever financial freedom or um being a becoming the president of this you know the 600 or Mm -hmm. whatever it is you also have to realize that like this is the moment you have to do something right towards that right and I think a lot of times that because of our the generation of us being grown up on social media and things that are more instantaneous, we forget that, um, you know, excluding tragic things, uh, we have time in a sense, mm-hmm. right? Um, like it's some renewable resource that people think exists. Is that, is that what you're trying to get at? No, no, no. In, okay. in, in the sense that, you know, uh, my birthday's coming up. I'm, I'm, about, I'm about to be third. Th- uh, the big three oh what right is like major really yeah dude i thought you were like 24 <laughs> thank you damn jamaican's got it found the youth over there <laughs> um but yet you know i can think back to being uh when i first moved here and you know going to my church and mm-hmm. being in this this youth group and seeing the men who were our teachers mm-hmm. they were my age right and you know i'm like dang that's like forever Mm-hmm. Right. So, but here I am, it's now, you know, it's been 15 years, about to be 15 years and, um, I'm, I'm, I'm here, I'm right. arriving. Right. Yeah. In, in a sense, like, you know, anything could happen between now and in the next two weeks, yeah. but, uh, right. Yeah. You know, um, but outside of that, we forget that time, time is going to, is going to flow and go, mm-hmm. go forward. Right. And not taking advantage of what we have now. So even doing, just doing the small stuff, right. you know, in, in, instead of saying I have to devote 50 hours to learning something, right? Maybe mm-hmm. it's literally, you're just right now I'm going to spend, um, I'll spend an hour or 30 minutes doing whatever. Right. You know, um, I, I just did the math. Um, you know, they say t- the journey to become an expert is 10,000 hours, mm-hmm. right? 10,000 hours. If you want to break it down, if you did 35 hours a week, however that looked like, mm-hmm you would do, you become, you would put in 10,000 hours of, of work in nine and a half months. Yeah. If you just devoted 35 hours of your week, however right. that looks like. That's less than a year. Yeah. <laughs> That's less than a year. Yeah. That you can, you can put in 10,000 hours. Right. Um, if you did, you know, if you did five hours or whatever, like that time's going to pass, you're going to get that, you know, you're going right. to get to that same level. So I think it's, it's cool to have, I said all that to say, I think it's cool in the sense to just have a general idea of what you want to get to. Mm -hmm. And that could be fluid. Like if you say, you know, tomorrow I want to become the president, you know, Mm -hmm. um, there's, you know, you have Bernie Sanders, who's however X amount of years old, too old. (laughs) 
<laughs> but but he's, he's still kicking. He's he's still going for it, right? Yeah. So let's say you you become you 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 do things just on a small scale level, and get to wait until your your Bernie Sanders age to run for the presidency. You could yeah. do that, right? You know. Yeah. So definitely, we only have the now. You want to enjoy the moment, and it's cool when you have this higher arcing goal mm-hmm. of just having an idea, so you can you're doing something in the present to get you to that space. Right. You know. Right. It doesn't have to be buying the jets or anything, but if it's you know the first level of doing a production company that's going to leave lasting impact on its viewers, even mm-hmm. you know after you're gone. Right. Um. Then you have to be doing something even now mm-hmm. to eventually get to that goal. Right. So, right. No, I, I totally agree. Um, and I just want to make sure that you, just, so I'm clear. I wasn't saying that you shouldn't go for those goals. Right. Right. But you know, even if you are, whatever it is that you're doing, whether it's film or art or however, if you're devoting an hour, two hours a day towards something, enjoy those two hours. Absolutely. That's what I mean. Uh, no, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And cool. that's what I got. I didn't, I didn't okay. take it as you were like, I never want to do have these okay. long goals okay. or no, no, no. Gotcha. It's, it's okay, being cool. in the moment, like enjoying where you're at, you know, right. enjoying the process. And I think mm-hmm. if you're going to be a, a, any, a creator or anything that you're doing, it, it's really true that you should, you should, you should love it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, Otherwise you know, you're wasting your time. You're, you're wasting your time because no one, no one's going to do it for you. Right. And you're going to get people who hate on you and always, you know, uh, you're going to be, you're going to be hard on yourself. <laughs> yeah. If anything, right. You're going to be hard on yourself. So you have to love what you're doing. Absolutely. Um, even if it's, uh, yeah, you just have to love what you're doing, man. I'm not going to go into a rant about that. No, you're fine. Yeah. Um, I'm going to flip the question back on you. Okay. Oh, so the question yeah. about yeah. what's, yeah. What's your, all, yeah. What's all your end goal? Um, so end goal for me, one of the passions is, um, so I do believe in, I believe in God and, and Jesus and the Holy Trinity. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, um, the way that we have been doing things as far as with the Bible, um, and reading the Bible versus it's not the message that's involved. That's the issue. I think it's how it's being delivered now is not, the, it's not as effective. Um, let me, let me reword that. Now you you're seeing more uh, preachers or more ways of hearing the Bible, like the Bible Project. They do a animated, uh, animated lessons about each book. Like they give you an overview of the entire book. Oh wow! Right, and it's okay. animated, and it's so it's it's it, it keeps your attention. That's fascinating. And it's like you know maybe five to seven minutes, but it gives you such insight mm-hmm. into what you're about to read. That it was like, oh wow! Now I can actually pay attention and understand what what's going on. Like yeah. there were some things that I just never made the connection about, right? Mm-hmm. So my over one of my my life's goal, you know, would be to be able to pr- produce content um, from the Bible where it's like, like on the uh, Marvel level or DC or like it's, it's so impacting okay. and cinematic, but yet the heart of it is the same message. It's, it's still the same lessons. Right. It's still the same, you know, like you, you take David, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, on one hand, you know, you hear King David, but King David was messed up. Yeah. <laughs> he was an apple of God. eye, God's eye, but he made mistakes. He was not a perfect human being. Mm-hmm. Right. And that, you know, it wasn't, and it was because, of um, him acknowledging that he wasn't perfect and that he still, you know, um, proclaimed his love for God and everything like that. But Mm -hmm. you have movies like you have shows like power and like 
these people in the Bible were doing all that stuff. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? For real. Right. And so imagine having a show that's like, you know, shot and directed in the way of like power or, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, whatever. Right. The, mm-hmm. the quality of it. Right. But it's telling the story of the Bible. That'd be interesting. So that that's my goal is to be able to put out a, a level of, of content um, that 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 is up there that hits to where the the media and where our our generation and generation coming up are. So on social media, on the movie screens, you know, and even with the with podcasting, right? Mm-hmm. If you had um, the current Bible app, some of the voices are very dry. Yeah, with the reading. So if you what if you added the battles that the, the, if they're talking about wars and whatever, you hear the sound effects of people fighting and you yeah. like just they make uh, it very interactive. Right. We're well, not interactive, but engaging, engaging. Yeah. Th- that's, that's, that's my goal is to be able to be a part of that movement of creating that type of content. That's, that's one of my, that's that'd keeps, be cool. That keeps me in the, in the game. And I think, I think your audience would, I don't know how I, I'm just guessing you obviously would reach your, your obvious fan base. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like because of the way you would do it, and I assume you'd market it that way as well, you would be able to like, and I don't say this to disrespect. Right. I don't, I'm, I don't, yeah. I don't practice Christianity, but, or any kind of religion for that matter. But if I were to hear that, you know, Arsenio Morphy is releasing, you know, I'm just going to make up some action, mm-hmm. action Bible or something. Right. Um, and it's it's targeting an audience that likes Fast and the Furious, likes, you know, these fast paced action movies, you know, mixed with some drama in there. Um I would be interested in listening or watching that content. Not because I'm, you know, a Christian, but because right. that content generally as a genre interests me and I want to see it. Right. You know what I'm saying? And not be like, Okay, he's trying to convert me. Exactly. You know. You're right. No, no, exactly. Um, and so, I mean, that's the whole point. It's, it, it, it's, it's, it's making you at least want to hear it. Right. And after that, it's up to you to make the decision. Like right. we watch movies all day. Right. That plates a thought in our head, like brings insight to us. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Oh, that's interesting that, you know, the, um, whatever it is, um, uh-huh. Wolf of wall street or whatever, like mm-hmm. everything gives us this thought of, wow, like it's about the war or it's about money or it's about the stock market or something. Yeah. Something. It provokes a thought. It makes right. you want to research it more potentially if it, if it hits, right. If it's, and if it's that type of content. So, well, when you get that all figured out and that's and the ball's rolling, just, you know, let me know <laughs> and I'll either come help or watch it, whichever. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, cool. Well, man, do you have any other hard pressing um, career breaking <laughs> questions for me? No, no, I mean yes, I do, and I really have to go go edit this video. Oh, do you? Okay, okay, no worries, man. I totally understand how it goes. Um, well, man, I appreciate you coming on the podcast and having this really awesome conversation, um, and la- allowing yourself to uh, uh, open up and having me understand who Arsenio Murphy is. I want to say Hall so bad. <laughs> I have to like Let's, slow down like, no, and like. Man, I, I grew up with it. Like I knew Arsenio Hall before I knew Arsenio Hall. Like oh, really? I, I only I saw, I <laughs> I only saw, I saw coming to America for the first time like only maybe three four years ago. Really? Yeah. Well, they they're making a sequel. I know. 
So, but before, I mean, growing up, everybody knew who Arsenio. I, I originally hated my name. All right, this is going to be the last thing really quick. I'm you, you, kinda, okay, funny. that's fine. If that's okay. fine. Okay. But I originally hated my first name because everybody knew, you know, mm-hmm. knew that. And growing up, uh, everybody called me by my middle name, which is Andre. Yeah. So here's a funny thing. When I would introduce myself, I would say my full name, Arsenio Andre Murphy, but you can call me Andre. Um, that happened so much that some people start to think that Arsenio and Andre were two different people. Oh, I used okay. to work security. <laughs> I used to work security. And one day my boss was like, Hey, Hey, Arsenio, you're, you're working with Andre today. I'm like Andre. Yeah. You know, Ars- uh, Andre Murphy. Who? Uh, I think you're talking about me. <laughs> He's like, wait, Ar- you're Arsenio. Yeah, my middle name's Andre, and my last name's Murphy. He's like, oh. Oh. And then there's people who know me by Arsenio, but don't know me by Andre. And then when the two, and then other people who know me by Andre, but not Arsenio, and they'll meet each other. And they'll say, are you talking about Arsenio? Who? 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 I'm confused. Who, who's that? Andre. Oh, yeah, Andre. Dre. I know who that is. <laughs> Happens that's, all the time. That's funny. I'm going to start calling you Andre. You can. No, I'm going to call you Arsenio. Okay, you can. That's your too. name. That's, that's your fine. first name. That's fine. But um, all right, real quick, this is uh plug time, okay, for you. So all right. if you have anything you want to plug, go for it. All right, well um, you can find me on Instagram at just Arsenio, because you know the the play on words was that everybody calls me Arsenio Hall, so just Arsenio <laughs> <laughs> on Instagram and Twitter, and uh, stay tuned for our the Bro Code um podcast coming to all these uh, media channels near you A podcast near you. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. Well, thank you again for coming on. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. David's definitely an honor. All right. See you guys. Take care. Bye.